Hello and welcome to the Journey to Joy podcast. My name is Teddy Allen. I am your host and I am still your excited host because today as we get ready to talk about the Journey to Joy virtual Bible conference, I have a special guest with me and I am so excited to introduce him to you. Previously, I've been talking to one of our other featured speakers, Pastor Ishmael S. Wade, and today I'm going to present to you the other featured speaker, Dr. Ron C. Smith. Now check it out. He's a native of Brooklyn, New York, which says a lot about him. Another thing that says a lot about him is that he is a graduate of Oakwood University with a Bachelor's of Arts in Theology and Biblical Languages, his Master's in Divinity from Andrews University, a doctorate in ministry from Colgate Rochester Theological Seminary in New York. And he also has a PhD from the Fuller Graduate School of Psychology in Pasadena, California. He has been bicoastal in his pastoring ministry, and he's also served as the vice president for the Review and Herald Publishing Association and editor of Message Magazine. Dr. Smith joined the Southern Union Administration and served as executive secretary. Since 2011, he served as the president of the Southern Union Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Now that's all good and well, but for me, the best thing about him is that he's a brother in Christ and he is for 41 years been married to the beautiful sister Yolanda, who used to be my first lady at the Bethesda Seventh-day Adventist Church in Amityville, New York. So with no further ado, this brother who has two adult children, he's going to come and spend some time with us, and he is excited himself to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Dr. Ron C. Smith, welcome. How are you? Thank you very much for the opportunity, uh, Teddy. I'm really honored to spend this moment or these moments with you, and I'm very good this evening. Thank you. Amen, amen. So with no further ado, do you mind if I just jump right into some questions so that the good listening folk will get to know a little bit about you beyond what I just read and probably took too long reading? I think that would be tremendous, and All I'm right. honored to be right. So really, what prompted you to accept the call of God upon your life? I journeyed as a teenager through Brooklyn, New York, and later on in Queens, New York City, and obviously as, as a student in the public school systems of, of the state of New York and attending um, secular university, I had the opportunity to interface with a lot of colleagues who were my good comrades, and they fell into harm's way. Some of them are incarcerated. Some of them lost their lives. Others of them basically faltered in life and found themselves in very stressful situations. And I wanted to do something to extend a helping hand in a practical way. And I really wondered what my calling in life was. And somehow along the path of ministry in some capacity, either through psychotherapy or uh, pastoral ministry, or chaplaincy ministry, I felt the need to just dive in and support and rescue some of my colleagues who are suffering. Mm. So I had great mentorship, great mentorship from my father, who was a minister, my, my late father, I should say, who was yes. a minister, and, 
and I had the opportunity to be mentored by some other very prominent leaders in Christian ministry, and somehow I transitioned from Long Island University in Brooklyn, New York, all the way down to an HBCU university called Oakwood right, University. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's from there that I received my, my um, Bachelor of Arts degree in theology and a minor in biblical languages. And from there, I, I accepted the call of God to minister in a practical way back in the inner city of New York. And it's there that I began my internship journey under a senior pastor, the late Dr. E.T. Mims. And under those circumstances, I wanted to grow and expand, and God has given me that opportunity to take wings under him and to reach and to extend my reach and to go beyond even that reach in my quest to support some of my colleagues who were uh, who had fallen, fallen in harm's way, and also it gave me an opportunity to prepare to do greater service for him. Amen. Amen. That is incredible. Can you be, can you take us a little deeper? Like how did your, how did your ministry manifest itself? Like what was the nature of your ministry specifically as you came to this very moment? Well, my ministry has evolved um, over time. Uh, The rootage of that uh, is in the context of pastoral ministry. As I indicated as a youngster, as a younger man, I, I began my ministry as an associate pastor of a large congregation in Brooklyn, New York, under a senior pastor, and it was there that I passed it for maybe a year and a half before being assigned by the conference that hired me to do ministry to the theological seminary to begin working on a Master of Divinity degree to build upon the already existing Bachelor of Arts degree. And I spent roughly two and a half to three years there before I was reassigned back to the New York area, upstate New York to be specific, and it was there that I that I pastored churches in Buffalo, uh, Syracuse, New York, and ministry in Rochester. And from there, I was transitioned to Long Island, New York, and I think that's the time I had the privilege of interfacing with you, Teddy, along with, with your mom and others, and right, just amen. had a great time in ministry. I was a younger man then than I am now, and obviously matured, but since then, I transitioned to the state of California. I accepted a call to pastor a congregation there, and from that congregation in San Fernando Valley, California, I was transitioned to a very large congregation in the heart of Los Angeles, California. Amen. And it was there that I enjoyed my time in ministry, and I transitioned from there after about four or five years to pastor in the state of New York once more. And I pastored a very large congregation called the Ephesus Church in Harlem, New York. And from there, I was asked to serve as the editor of the oldest black religious periodical in North America, actually older than Ebony Magazine. And we were able to to do the editorship there for approximately eight years. And while there, I was able to serve as the first black vice president of their publishing association. And while there, I served as the VP. And upon my my eight-year tenure, I was asked to serve as the chief operating officer of what we call in our organization the executive secretary of the Southern Union Conference, which is really a region 
of Christians, of Seventh-day Adventist Christians in the Southern Hemisphere of the United States. The Southern Union is the largest um, region of Seventh-day Adventist people, Christian people, in the Southern Hemisphere of the United States. It's actually the largest in North America. And I was the chief operating officer there for about four years. And as the president of that organization retired, I was asked in the year 2011 to assume the responsibility as president of that organization. At the time, it had approximately 250,000 members, and uh, the organization now has grown to 312,000 wow. members. That's great. So we operate, we operate a wide spectrum of ministries, which is inclusive of a hospital system, roughly 50 hospitals under the banner of Advent Health. That's what it's called, Advent Health. Um, the Florida Hospital Group, is part of that conglomerate, and I'm honored to serve as the chair of that hospital headquarters board, headquartered in Orlando, Florida. I also serve as the chairman of, of the Southern Adventist University and as vice chair of Oakwood University. So my, my ministry is some, somewhat multifaceted as an administrator, but my passion is public evangelism. And I feel that God has summoned me to engage with all of my resources, whatever I have in terms of speaking ability, in terms of corralling ability, to do public evangelism. Underpinning my public evangelistic uh, ministry is a deep-seated desire to reach into the hearts of human beings and introduce them to Jesus Christ, to alleviate pain, suffering, and frustration. And I can co-sign that even as a teenager, as you were ministering to our church, your ability to just break down the word of God so that it is easily understandable, but with the dignity that you bring to it was just incredible and so helpful, even in my growth and development as a young Christian. But let me ask you this, because because your your ministerial background, your administrative background has you well situated to speak a word of encouragement and there's so much discouragement that's going on in our world today do you have a preview of some encouragement that you can give to any of our listeners that need a word of encouragement I certainly do because um, in, in, in light of what we're experiencing in culture these days which is very 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 distressing obviously and it's sort of more on top of plenty because in addition to a worldwide pandemic, the COVID-19 disease that has the viral infection that has permeated our globe, on top of that, we're dealing with so much emotional, ethnic upheaval and unrest. Uh, you know, some of the dynamics that we've been reading about and have been recently been exposed to in culture. Um, these things certainly contribute to high levels of discouragement and depression. Um, that exist in our in our culture today and I just feel that journey to joy does provide a platform or it will provide an opportunity for me to address some of the overarching challenges and underpinning challenges that prompt people to feel uh, a little discombobulated to lose their homeostasis and their balance as responsible citizens due to some of the current state of affairs and what's going on in culture now is enough to really dishearten anybody. Um, there are some words of encouragement that I want to really uh, bring, but in an overarching way, let me suggest 
that there are three principles that I think ought navigate whatever we seek to do through Journey of Joy. And that is to factor God into our journey. And as Christians, we are familiar with the great God of the universe. And there is a proverbial statement that suggests, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct our paths. And I believe that I need to spin off of that and, and leg into a new approach to help people to factor God into their journeys, to make him the first choice, the option that they tap, the only option, the primary option uh, that will sort of put them, them in orbit where they can find solutions in a world that is chaotic and, seem to, and seeming to be bereft of solution-drivenness, factoring God into our journeys from the very outset of the identification of any problem in our lives mm -hmm. gives us a segue into a solution. I think the first approach is to factor in God. Secondly, we are employed, implored to, to dream big. Yes. Without a vision, another proverbial statement says, without a vision, the people perish. And thirdly, there's another proverbial statement that I think we ought embrace as Christian responsible citizens of culture, and that is not only do we factor God in, not only do we dream big, but also we have a responsibility of working hard. The Bible says, go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. The ant is one of the most industrious creatures on earth. They're always working. They're always planning. They're always organizing. And I believe if, if anything is going to get accomplished, there needs to be the germ of proactivity in our journeys. Not only do we factor God into our journey, not only do we dream big and have large ideas under God under our journey, but thirdly, we ought to plan to roll up our sleeves and to apply ourselves. Nothing, nothing comes free. Nothing comes easy. We must apply ourselves, and God will give us the strength to accomplish what the ant demonstrates that we might execute as human beings. Amen. Amen. That is such a very necessary and appreciated, and appreciated word. Thank you so much, Doc. What should our listeners anticipate? surrounding the ministry that you're going to present as one of the featured speakers of the Journey to Joy Virtual Bible Conference. My hope and my prayer is that as we engage in this Bible conference with any type of nugget that I would put forth to facilitate our journey, I'm hoping in a very special way that there are three levels that we ought to think through, three concepts and levels that we ought to ascend to. Three, three concepts that we ought to think through. First and foremost, I believe that as community people, as church people, we ought to engage in a concept that I call edification. And that is to take time to be taught, to teach, and to learn the Word of God. I think the Bible is loaded with implication, is loaded with information that can enable us to be the best we can be. Firstly, Edification is a critical component that I think we ought to expect as we engage in the Journey to Joy Bible Conference, as I will seek to present. Secondly, I believe there's another concept that we ought to think about, not just as, as members of a church, but as people who want to corral and enable other people to be the best 
they can be, that terminology, as far as I'm concerned, is labeled evangelization. That is, when, when God has done something special for us, to share with others what God has done in a very meaningful way, they can find Jesus through the concepts called evangelization. And thirdly, there's another concept. Not only is edification important to learn the Word of God, not only is evangelization important, teaching and sharing the good news that God delivers, that God sets people free. Thirdly, I'd like to introduce another E, and that is emancipation. So there's edification, there's evangelization, and there's emancipation. And through emancipation, I believe we have a responsibility under emancipation to set people free from heavy burdens. There's a lot of suffering, not just due to COVID-19 and, and, and social ethnic unrest that prevails in culture, but a battery of other issues like depression and loneliness and family dysfunction and hardships born out of illnesses and financial needs and those types of things warrant or at least prompt us to think about setting people free from some of those heavy burdens. Well, a nice way of saying it is this way, Teddy. We ought to be concerned about salvation and starvation. We ought to be concerned about holiness, but also homelessness. We need to be concerned about Christ and the Holy of Holies, but we must also be concerned about the crack cocaine epidemic in our communities. Yes, we ought to be concerned about revelation inspiration, but also the rate of incarceration and culture. And I believe through edification, evangelization, and emancipation that we can at least tap the tip of the iceberg of a breakthrough for people who are trapped by circumstances and difficulties. And I'm praying and hoping that our journey through the Journey to Joy Bible Conference will enable people to be the best they can be in terms of the freedom, emancipation motif. And I'm getting joyful already. You're listening, ladies and gentlemen, to Dr. Ron C. Smith. He's one of the featured speakers at the Journey to Joy Virtual Bible Conference, which is going to take place September the 13th through September the 27th. Again, September the 13th through September the 27th, the Journey to Joy Virtual Bible Conference. Doc, before I let you go, one final question, please. I know that you, you probably know that the audience at this virtual Bible conference is going to be a multi-generational group who will be journeying to joy all together. Do you have a final word? that you'd like to share with them before we end this podcast? I certainly do. Um, if there is a final word that I would give to the multi-generational group who will be journeying uh, with us during this, this uh, Journey to Joy Bible Conference, that will be a virtual experience. Um, I am cognizant of the fact that I'm dealing with a, a broad spectrum of people, meaning that there are individuals at varied stages of life. One of my areas of appreciation in my study as a psychologist has been uh, the privilege of just looking at multi-generational spectrums of people. Uh, there are courses that usually are called something like human growth and development. And we are able to look at every stage of life and some of the prevailing needs that are existent in each stage of life. 
And I do understand that some of the needs of millennials and some of the needs of, of, um, of young people, some of the needs of middle-agers and senior people, they differ. Uh, we, all, we all have a need, but there's one commonality that exists with every generation, and that is a need for empowerment, a need for validation, and a need for accessibility to the great God of the universe who can help us in all of our issues. And it's that kind of hope, that type of direction, that I quest to provide as we preach the Word of God from night to night, as I teach from the Bible, as we engage in counseling opportunities, even in the context of that word, and even as we collaborate through panel interactions, my prayer is that that accessibility to the power of God will be available to every individual in every stage of life that they might find themselves. So there's a multi-generational group that we will be engaged with, and I'm praying that everybody will have access to the power of God to assist them with whatever challenges they're facing at this juncture of their lives. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you just heard from Dr. Ron C. Smith, one of our featured speakers at the Journey to Joy virtual Bible conference that's taking place September 13th through September the 27th. This has been the Journey to Joy podcast. One of our episodes, we will have other episodes. Please go to the church website that's capitol hill sdachurch.org and there are plenty of resources there that will point you in the right direction for making sure that you get this event this blessed virtual bible conference on your calendar even from now we're praying for you ladies and gentlemen even now there are bible workers there are elders deacons deaconess that are already preparing for ministering to you and we pray that you will make the time to participate because we know you'll be blessed in your journey to joy. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Teddy Allen. I'm your host. Till we meet again, God bless you.